Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who may have killed Professor Plum in the conservatory with a teapot, my suspicious friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? <laughs> Darn right I'd get somebody with a teapot. That's a noble way to go. Um, I'm okay. Uh, I'm rather excited about our episode today because it's, it's number 125, right? Yeah. Do you remember what we did for episode 25? And 50 and 75 and 100? Doesn't I, matter. We don't have time for all that. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a 20, but we're going to do something special for 125, but we're going to do it for books two and three today, not for the first book, because the first book isn't even a Spider Man book, Eddie. It's from August of 1977. It's Nova 12, The Man Called Photon, written by Marv Wolfman, art by Sal Busima and Frank Yakoya. We have a mystery on our hands on the splash paste. We see five potential suspects, and we will be trying to figure out who Photon, the killer, is. Uh, we soon learn Nova's uncle is the murder victim, and that Peter Parker was there when Photon melted his way into the house, murdering him. Not long after changing to Spidey uh, to investigate, Spidey and Nova run into each other uh, when trying to apprehend Michael Lincoln, uh, one of the suspects. The obligatory hero battle happens, uh, but the two eventually decide to team up. Captain Steele is investigating the crime, and as if we're playing a game of Clue, when Photon attacks again. As it appears, the mystery will be solved soon. The lights black out. Uh, Franklin Risk, Harry Days, and Jason Dean escape, and we learn Butler Manners was killed. Uh... How do these three pretty average dudes escape a dark room in which Spider-Man and Nova is in? I hate this ending. Almost as much as I don't like mysteries. Yeah, this book, I'm kind of disappointed that this book that we had to do, because it's a tie-in with The Amazing Spider-Man 171, that we we kind of threw it in as like, we need to do this book quickly, because I thought this book, we could have dragged it out quite a bit, but we don't want to waste too much time on a Nova book. Eddie, when the... When the guy says to Spider-Man, like, why didn't you tell me you were a superhero? And he's like, what? And he's like, yes. And he starts doing anagrams with Peter's name and makes things that say, like, you know, hero you are. Or yes. something, whatever. You know, I'm like, that was so strange. <laughs> well, yeah. See, yeah, he's talking about the anagrams. But, you know, my real question is for you, James B. Did you pick up books like this? Were you upset if you didn't? I would have picked it up if I knew to pick it up. But remember, I'm only like seven years old. So this isn't the time when I'm True. an active buyer. When you get to the 80s, same question. I'll tell you, yeah, I would have I would have bought the, the issue I needed. Yeah. Um, I like when Spider-Man says at one point to one of the lines, he's fighting Nova and he says like, stop bugging me when there's some actual bad guys out there. <laughs> It was just a good a good line, you know? It's it's almost as good as my favorite line. And there is great chemistry between Spidey and Nova. It's not quite Spidey and the thing, but it's it's close. Um, Photon is fighting, and he says, uh, he refers to his bio suit. He says, it gives me the strength of 15 men. And Nova says, and there I thought you smelled like that naturally. <laughs> yeah. I had in my notes, Nova actually nice. has all of Spidey's jokes. I don't think Marv Wolfman even cared. He just wrote... As if he was writing Spidey, which is kind of lazy, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he felt that way. He really just says all this. He, call, he uses the word bunky. He just says whatever Spider-Man would have said. But the last thing I want to say as we wrap up the storyline is we have been reading a lot of mysteries in the earlier issues. And we got some more coming in 126 as well. But uh, this one, I'm going to say, is definitely in the top 
two books for me, along Ooh. with the one that the, when the robot was actually the killer, the the oh yeah, the, the who done who robot ever who done it. This is like the most mystery mystery one, like. Because that one, Spiderman went to interview the three potential suspects. And like you said, this one here, they're like putting them in the room and they're like announcing yeah. this. I felt like it was just a mystery and Spider-Man just happened to be wedged yeah. into it. it. It is like legitimately like a clue game. There, he's like, you know, Captain Steele is like, don't, you can't leave the house until I've interviewed you all properly. And then like the lights go out and I'm like, okay. Well, speaking of games, we're going to do something we've never done before. Eddie, I did not read... The Amazing Spider-Man 171. I've never read it, and we're going to podcast about it here. According to what we came up with, uh, at certain points, you're going to stop and ask me a question, and I will tell you what I think happened, and you'll let me know if I'm right or not. How's that? That is correct, James B., and I can't wait. Um, from August of 1977, The Amazing Spider-Man number 171, Photon is another name for... Dot, dot, dot. By Ween, Andrew, and Esposito. Uh, this book begins as a mystery once again, continuing, and we see the faces of Harry Days, Jason Dean, Michael Lincoln, Peter Parker, and Franklin Risk. We're trying to figure out who Photon is. Uh, Captain Steele is once again there. He gives us a recap of how Photon's attack played out last uh, in the Nova book, uh, reminding the readers that only three of these suspects, Harry Days, Jason Dean, and Franklin Risk, have escaped. As he wraps up his summary, a police officer shows up to say that the boys in blue have stopped every avenue to escape, except for one. James B., which avenue do you think they didn't stop? Car, a helicopter, a boat, or a train? They say we've stopped every avenue of escape except for one? Yes, I think they missed I th- one. I think they're going to say they missed train. It turns out as Nova flies over the water, he sees a boat escaping. Although initially, to be fair, James B., they said they missed a train. So you were you were very close. And I'd like to point out to everyone that this was three middle-aged men who not only got out of a dark house that had been blacked out, but they managed to get onto a hydrofoil before Nova or Spidey or the police force could catch them. <laughs> Anyways... Photon's soaring off after the boat, and Spidey's hitching a ride using web when we are interrupted um, by Harry and Liz um, walking through Chinatown. And although Liz, Liz says she's ready to be married tomorrow, Harry has something he openly tells her is keeping them from tying the knot. James B., what do you think's keeping Harry from marrying Liz sooner rather than later? Uh, is it because... Harry is worried his psychosis will return, and he won't marry until his therapist says he's fully cured. Harry is taking a therapy drug, which is causing him to have flashbacks of his father's untimely death. Harry is worried he won't be able to find a venue that is safe from a supervillain attack. (laughs) Harry wants to tie up his father's business interests before he ties the knot. Uh, I think he's waiting for that uh, suspicious therapist before he can continue. He's waiting for the therapist to give him the go-ahead that he's cured. Uh, I want to talk about this for a minute. I'm really surprised that this is the reason Harry won't marry Liz. She seems to be totally fine with, like, getting married tomorrow and not worried about a psychosis, you know. So, obviously, we've got to be kind of edging towards the Green Goblin again. Do you think so, James B.? I, I just think it's something that they want. They're doing something with this therapist, right? Didn't we? Yeah. We've sort of He's, taken both. We've sort of taken both sides of this, but I assume that there's just more to him than 
meets the eye and Ooh. you know it could be as simple as he's he could just be robbing Ooh. harry for all we know by overcharging him it could right. be it could be anything but it's going to lead to something and i mean we know the green goblin isn't gone forever i mean he's right looking up here at spectacular spider-man 200 he's on the cover so i mean at some point <laughs> some point he's going to come back Ooh. in some way but who knows if that's even there's there's other green goblins that are going to come down the line i assure you what a dream about this therapist maybe like through therapy figuring out that harry is the green goblin Ooh, that'd be one thing too is having not read this issue i don't know if you're cutting out little sequences is the therapist in the issue he is not in the issue actually it's just harry and liz walking through chinatown talking about it so okay um but uh, we head back to spidey and photon uh, they arrive at the lighthouse where the boat um took the three you know suspects uh this turns out to be a aim headquarters a side note here is that aim stands for advanced idea mechanics and it's a shady group that franklin risk is a part of but james b spidey and photon they're going to break in this heavily guarded headquarters do they spidey and nova you mean nova sorry oh man yeah i wrote it wrong here sorry they're at the cusp of Getting to this headquarters. Tell me, James B., do you think Nova will attack dramatically while Spidey sneaks in to grab the three murder victims? Spidey builds a device that sends a fake radio signal, sending most of the guards away. There's no plan. They show up and start fighting. Or Spidey uses a magic wand from Xandu's lair to summon Cousin Gravel for help. I'll take the third choice. No plan? They show up and start fighting? Correct. Uh, Spidey and Nova show up and just start fighting (laughs) without any sort of plan. Uh, And Photon shows up and manages to blast both of them, which stuns them into unconsciousness. Um, As Photon is escaping on the same boat which brought the others there, he uses huge chains to tie up Spidey and Nova and throws them overboard. James B., how did Nova and Spidey escape? Does Spidey shoots his web through a tiny hole in the chains, releasing a locking mechanism? Uh, do the heroes combine their super strength to break the chains? Does Nova use his flight power to blast through the chains? Or does Namor appear and free them? I believe Nova's going to do this on his own. You think he's going to blast through the chains? Yep. Well, with their combined super strength... The pair break the chains and uh, fly back to the Ryder house, which is where the murder took place initially, in the hopes of beating the AIM uh, goons to the crime scene. But it's too late, and a fight breaks out between police and the AIM agents while Spidey and Nova head inside. James B., during the battle here, the AIM agents are shooting at the police, the police are shooting at them, um, I'll note here the AIM agents also look like beekeepers in yellow jumpsuits, too. It's quite a ridiculous outfit. But the AIM, one of the AIM agents yells out, which one of these? For the glory of AIM, slay them. Set your blasters to kill. You are nothing. AIM for anyone who's not AIM. <laughs> I'll take the first one. For the glory of AIM, slay them. The glory of AIM? These guys are really committed to this cause. What does AIM stand for? Do you remember, James B.? The Advanced Ideas Mechanics. mechanics. The Advanced Idea Mechanics. And it's some, like, 
shady organization? Well, I would tell you that we've, I think we've seen it in like a movie, but I don't remember if you watched the Iron Man, (laughs) the Iron Man movies. Long time ago. I probably don't remember either. (laughs) Just, Justin Hammer. No, I've been getting, I've been getting hung up on my movies. Iron Man 2. So many hours in the day. Sam, Sam Rockwell, I think. <laughs> uh, never mind. Um, Spidey and Nova, back to our book here. It's finishing up. Get inside and they find Photon, who's taken Jason Dean. He's one of the hostages. Um, he's got his gun to Dean's head. James B., what does Spidey and Nova do? Do they back down and wait for a distraction of the police? Um, does Spidey quickly web the baddie in the face while Nova attacks? Does Nova ping-pong off the walls, distracting Photon, while Spidey webs away the hostage? Or does J. Jonas call and Photon picks up, only to hear J. Jonas screaming for more loans to rebuild his spider slayer? Yeah, that the second and third one are both pretty close because I know Spider-Man's definitely using his web. I'm going to say Spider-Man uses web while... Uh, I'm going to say the second one. Ping-ponging off uh, the walls distracts Photon long enough for Spidey to web away the hostage. Uh, they knock Photon unconscious, and as he's laying there, uh, Captain Steel comes in, in which the three of them once again have a very, like, clue discussion about who's behind the mask. And then, uh, I find this rather obnoxious, Captain Steel says, well, obviously, and then he, he explains, and then he reveals it's Jason Dean, which was one of the guys we were trying to figure out who it was. <laughs> and that's it, James B. Another mystery in Spider-Man. <laughs> well, Eddie, give me one thing about this book you want to you say, because you're the one who really read it. I don't, I don't get why Nova is so prominent in an amazing Spider-Man book. But let's, well, let's move because, on to the next one, James B. Well, it's because we're on Nova 12. Well, we just read that one, and, we, and then I did one. But I meant Nova's only twelve issues into his new book. Oh, and this is a crossover to get you to yeah, like, hey, go on. buy my book. Boo, boo. <laughs> Speaking of buying my book, we're going to talk about the book you didn't read, which is the annual number eleven. So, from August of 1977, The Amazing Spider-Man Annual 11: Spawn of the Spider by Bill Mantlo, Perlin, and Mooney. Ooh. Eddie, we're going to do the same kind of format here, although you're always going to have only three choices for me. Okay, sounds good. There will be no silly fourth choice. (laughs) Spider-Man is swinging through the city when he notices something that bothers him. Is it A, Aunt May protesting and getting into it with the police, B, Flash Thompson being thrown into a car by some large Asians, or C, a familiar-looking man who is setting off his spider sense? Ooh, I would say a familiar looking man setting off the spider sense. While protesting, ow! Aunt May has accidentally been shoved into a police officer and Peter has to change back into his civilian clothes to bail her out. It was expensive. Now Peter is broke. He goes to ask J. Jonah Jameson for an advance and Jonah does which of the following? A. Tells Peter, get out! Wait! Mm, I'll send you to South America. B. Get out! Take better photos! Stop asking for handouts! Or C. Get out! 
JJ, we could send Peter to fill in and shoot that exclusive with the mayor since we lost the other photographer. Um, I'm going to go with, gosh, send him to the mayor. Sounds reasonable. Since he told Peter to get out and take better photos and stop asking for handouts. (laughs) Peter has nothing to do and goes with Mary Jane, who has a role as an extra on the set of a movie. When the lead monster uh, character, the man spider, okay, it's a guy in a costume. kind of looks like the six-armed version of Spider-Man, except it's a spider with, like, man legs. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, when the mo- when the lead monster character, the Man Spider, played by Leroy, is in danger, Peter changes to Spider Man and saves him. Clemmer, the special effects man, is fired, and Spider Man is offered the job to replace Leroy as the Man Spider. The first thing Spider Man says is, "If you pay me in cash, it's a deal." Sure, I'm interested, but what will happen to Leroy? Or, I'm no Clint Eastwood, but let's do it. It should be. I've learned not to do this again. (laughs) But, uh, God, I hope it's the Clint Eastwood line. That'd be a great dated reference in there. After they agree to pay him in cash, Uh, he decides, okay. He says, if you pay me in cash, uh, it's a deal. Come on. (laughs) Dang. In the next scene, a mysterious figure who we can't identify hires three ex-cons who happen to basically be like the enforcers and puts them in other man-spider costumes, which apparently were laying around from the special effects guy and apparently give them more power because of some special effects built into the costume. These evil man-spiders then attack the set Spider-Man fends them off with difficulty, but is poisoned during the fray. Oh. Spider-Man takes a day off from filming, and Anton, the producer, is upset this will cost him more money. <laughs> Spidey manages to hunt down the three men spiders and battles them. They escape, and he trails them to an abandoned silo, but walks into a trap, which is a large net of synthetic web. Ooh. Spider-Man reverses the trap on the baddies and then finally confronts the big boss, who turns out to be A, Clemmer, the special effects guy who he fired, B, Leroy, the disgruntled actor replaced by Spider-Man, or C, Anton, the producer, hoping the production fails. I, I want to get this one right. Since you've gotten none of them right so far? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go for the special effects guy. After an explosion, the villain thinks Spider-Man and the Men-Spider are all dead. But Spider-Man confronts... Anton Dillonitis, the producer who was hoping oh, to bank God. on the insurance money. Speaking of money, Spider-Man, of course, doesn't get paid. <laughs> but the city drops the charges against Aunt May and refunds the bail money. So everything is back to the same as the beginning of the book, allowing the story <laughs> to be plugged in anywhere at any time, just as a good annual should. <laughs> 
<laughs> but Eddie, there is good news for you. There's an additional seven-page story at the end. What? <laughs> From August of 1977, Chaos at the Coffee Bean, written by Scott Edelman, art by Johnny Romita Jr., and inked by Al Milgram. It states that this is possibly the first book by John Romita Jr. Remember John Romita, who was an artist right, right. Spider-Man. Here we go. Peter and Mary Jane are talking to a guitarist in the coffee bean when a costumed gunman arrives. The guitarist throws his guitar and attacks the shooter. This gives Peter a chance to change into Spider-Man. The shooter takes the guitar player hostage and then has the guitar player collect everyone's valuables. The shooter drags the guitar player off as a hostage and they drive off in a car. We then learn the gunman is actually a, a rival coffee shop Java Joe's owner working with the guitar player, B, the guitar player's musical agent, or C, a mobster who the guitar player is in debt to. James B. Jeez. I feel so beaten down here. This is like, I'm going to need therapy after this, like Harry. Um, <laughs> option one. The coffee shop owner? The rival sure. coffee shop? Okay. Yeah. All right. Spider-Man busts into the car, foils the plan, which was for the guitar player to be a hero and return the money and become famous so he and his agent could cash in on this. <laughs> After the car crashes and Spidey webs it up, he heads back to the coffee bean. When Peter returns, MJ does the icy words. Ooh. Doesn't want to hear his excuse. Nice. Goofy Peter in the last panel reflects to the audience that he is a fighter, not a lover. The <laughs> end. Well, it's a clean sweep, James B. <laughs> Total defeat for me there. I'm not getting paid for this this podcast. Um, well, we won't get paid for this podcast either unless I have a moment to <laughs> slap at a sponsor. Oh, thank goodness, James B. Go ahead. Eddie, the superintendent of school of Washtenaw County has a new candidate. It's Betty Forbush. That's a county you live in, isn't it? That's right, James B. Well, this this is, might be right up your alley. This is a uh, obviously a public service announcement we're getting paid for. But, uh, Eddie, in schools right now, we don't need any more Agatha Christie. We don't need any more Sherlock Holmes. High school students waste time on classics such as To Kill a Mockingbird. I, I actually love To Kill a Mockingbird. That's one of my favorites. Oh, well, I'm sorry that they're removing that book, but don't worry, Eddie. <laughs> there are going to be better classics and better mysteries. For example, we're going to insert in now Amazing Spider-Man Annual 11 and A Man Called Nova 12. Eddie, close reading and deep analysis of these books will guide your kids to their Ivy League dreams. These are the books that Betty Forbish believes are the real mysteries out there. These are classics from the 1970s. Not this old To Kill a Mockingbird and Agatha Christie and how was that the 1800s? No one remembers Sherlock Holmes. It, those books are so confusing. So Eddie, if you want your kids to start reading better books like The Who Done It Spider-Man Mystery and <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 171, I'm sure you'll vote for Betty Forbush, superintendent of schools for, how do you say your district again? A Washtenaw. County. There you go. That's it. That's it. So hopefully you'll 
keep her in mind this coming election. I, this 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 sounds like some underhanded dealings from the Let's Read Spider-Man podcast to gain more listeners. <laughs> more listeners in schools in particular. <laughs> I, I admit that this episode, this classic 125 episode, would possibly be part of the curriculum that your daughters <laughs> would feature in high school. But Eddie, oh, really. Wouldn't, wouldn't they love that? <laughs> Does anybody read To Kill a Mockingbird? <laughs> I really like that book. By... <laughs> you, don't remember, you don't remember the author's name. Uh, 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 See, there you go. Uh, you got me. It's Dang it. It's a woman. I forgot her name now. Well, is it Bill Mantlo? It is not. Is it Len Wein? It is not. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. See, just Stick think the how... classics. You know, this sounds really advantageous for Let's Read Spider-Man. I, but it also sounds a little suspicious, kind of at the same time. I... Look, you don't even have to respond. Betty Forbush. Vote Betty Forbush, everyone. <laughs> okay. All right. Eddie, we, uh, we had an unusual issue today. Um, I... I found it awkward listening to the summary of a book I hadn't read. How'd you feel? I, you know what I thought? I thought this is probably what a lot of our listeners feel like, you know, <laughs> if they haven't read the book, certainly for Marvel team-ups, you know, I don't think they're rushing out to get Marvel team-ups and like, you know, read through those things. So I, you know, I, I, I rather enjoyed it actually. It was nice okay. to, to hear. So. Yeah. I felt that there was a little, uh, a little stressful trying to figure out what's going on in the books there. I, I think it, I will say, I think, I think the difference was that your book was a conclusion to a story that uh, was just, I don't know what was going on. Like between these three guys. It was, it was hard. I, I, and it was where, super my, difficult. Whereas my book, the hard part was it was completely blind to you. You didn't have any preconceived notion and Andrew right. didn't go in any direction. So at I, least you could, you know. I can't believe Aunt May is out protesting again. I, I also, how does Spider-Man get poisoned too? What, yes, it, it's and not only that, the villains are wearing these costumes. Spider-Man's, I can't escape their grip, and I'm like, they're just like strong men in, you know, in costumes that are, you know, or special effects costumes. I'm like, and that you can be beaten by a special effects costume. I mean, Zoics, yeah, he gets poisoned. It's 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 never explained where the poison came from or anything so really that, yep just he's poisoned he knows it i think he i think he falls in the water and it like wakes him up a little bit and he's back in business uh, but yeah it's uh i i envisioned some kind of like poison dart getting shot into him but well that's well, a little disappointing well if people want to tell us how it really feels to hear our books without us you know doing our thing if they want to explain to us, are we correct? Wait, look, where do people reach out to us, Eddie? <laughs> Email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And now it's time for the closed. I'm James B. joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, the best thing about the Let's Read Spider-Man podcast is A, all the cool stuff Eddie says, <laughs> B, all the cool stuff James B says, or see the intro and outro music. The answer is all of the above. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Eddie, when they when they're filming the scene for the movie, yeah. they have Mary Jane sitting there. What is Mary Jane saying? Well, as an extra, they have her talking in the background. What is she saying? Uh, something it's, hip, right? Nope, nope. It's it's a famous thing for acting. It's two uh, it's two vegetables. Do you know what they are? It's what actors say in the background of scenes. It's it's this is like not fake. This is not me making a joke. I, what is it? I don't know. I you think. say peas and carrots. Have you ever heard that? I don't know that. I don't. You know. say peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas, and they do that in the in the book. And, really? And yeah, and that's because it has your lips moving. It looks like you're talking. Nice. So people in the background of scenes oh, in like movies are always just saying. Oh, I see. They just have them say peas and carrots, and they just look at each other and say peas and carrots. And so, <laughs> that way, it's just a, you know. So I didn't she, know that. <laughs> so when Peter disappears. She's like, where were you? And he's like, oh, he goes, oh, I got hungry because you kept saying peas and carrots. <laughs> he loves his vegetable. <laughs> he loves his lame excuses. I just. <laughs> where were you? Oh, well, you know, you were saying peas and carrots, so I snuck off to get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs>